welcome to the Dope Academy podcast. I'm your humble host, Mona Brown, and I'm here with my great friend, dope ass friend of the show, as you know, Mimi. Hello. Hello. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add the claps in later, as if we have a big audience. We have some people here today, but um, so today we're going to be covering various topics that are going on related to hip hop culture, but we're going to cover something that's a little heavy, and that is um, a lot of the black girls that are missing in America, um, and I just wanted to shed light on it. We're going to do something a little deeper next season as far as um, all the things that lead to it. i got to turn it down just a little bit. All the things that lead to that and how you can find yourself um, a victim of being kidnapped or going into these various areas that I'm going to talk about that affect a lot of black people and specifically black women in this country. So I'm really happy that you guys are here and you're tuning in to listen to this and anyone who has children, sisters, nieces, mothers, um, you definitely want to listen because I have some information. And although the information I'm going to give, it may sound crazy or it may be shocking, um, don't ever trust me. Do your own research. I'm going to give you names. I want you to do your own research on it. And um, just best believe, if you know me, you know that I'm a researcher. So if I'm talking about something, I already know it. But if you don't know me, I just told you. So, boom. But first, we're going to talk about this episode. So I titled this episode, Black Girl Lost. That's after the classic Nas song um, from the 90s. And that song, um, if you're familiar with it, it deals with girls who are trying to go out and party and just looking for a dude to be on the come up and all that stuff. And that, that type of mentality can also lead to you kind of falling victim to sex trade or being kidnapped or being put on the streets and things like that. So I'm going to share some experiences um, that I've had. I'm going to have a special guest later who is a young female, um, and she's going to sp- share some experiences that she has. We're just going to talk about that and how that feels um, right now in 2019 to be a black woman in this country and with everything else we have going on and have to think about we also have to think about our lives and you know what i'm saying being taken off the map and only people who's going to care is our families because the media doesn't pay attention to it so definitely listen up but first we're going to get into some hot topics and first thing i want to do is a segment that i like to um start on the podcast and I want to have everyone describe themselves in three songs. So any guest who comes on. So I'm going to go through what mine are. My first pick for describing myself is I Like That by Janelle Monet Because I don't really give a fuck if I was just the only one who likes whatever. <laughs> that's who I am. Yeah. Right? So if you guys aren't familiar with that song, that's on her Dirty Computer album. That album is one of my favorite albums. It's so, so dope. All her videos are super dope. So if you're not on Janelle Monet, especially if you're a Prince fan, if you're a Prince fan, you should definitely be on her because she's his protege. Um, but I definitely want you to cop that. Or listen to, like, look at some of her videos on YouTube. Um, my second song is That I Would Be Good by Alanis Morissette. She is one of my favorite singers. This might be shocking, but I am a music lover all the way around. I don't just love hip hop. Um, the lyrics to that song really, really touch me. And that's That I Would Be Good by Alanis Morissette. I can't remember exactly which album it's on, but it's not on Jagged Little Pill. Can't remember the album name, though. And then the third one 
would be Love by Kendrick Lamar because I love love and I'm either in the process of love, searching for love, needing love, giving love. I love it. I love Kendrick Lamar's lyrical ability. So those are the three songs I pick. Mimi. Oh, I have three songs. Okay. I actually thought really hard about these. Um, so my number one song, we'll start with that one and then I'll go from there. Um, Delight by Common. Dope song. Best song ever. I've always just, myself, I've always wanted to be the light in people I care about's lives and relationships' lives. Like, to me, that is so important. And I just, I love the way, you know, he puts it all together and he puts it all out there. Um, but I just. That is a dope song. It touches me. It touches my soul. It's my favorite song for always. Isn't that, the light by Common, isn't that the one where he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that song. Well, I mean, basically in this song, you know, he's writing a letter um, to his queen, which is Erica Badu. Mm -hmm. She's the queen. Um, yes, she is. And so, you know, I just really felt that. I, I felt like the connection was so amazing in that song that that's just, it's kind of how I envision my relationships and how I would like to present myself in that. And I'm, I don't, I don't even just mean like, um, like a significant other relationship. I mean like all relationships. Yeah. Um, that's so, a dope choice. Next Definitely. song, um, I'm gonna say X Factor, Lauren Hill, um, <laughs> because it's just honestly, it's my life. Like I listen to that song and it, it just touches me because you are explaining my previous relationships. You're explaining. How my life is you know the bad choices along with the positive choices like it's like I'm always in this you know circle that goes around and around and around we have a special guest oh, no. <laughs> you're early <laughs> Sarai's gonna come get you okay um so Miseducation of Lauryn Hill the album that X Factor is on is one of my favorite albums of all time if I had to choose um five albums to be on an island with that would definitely be one it definitely was influential in my life at the time absolutely for sure the lyrics are amazing um now we all know a lot of all those songs was about Wyclef and what was going on <laughs> at the time but um it but just it was magical it. Yeah, yeah it was magical I had Carlos Santana playing guitar like on the it's just amazing so that's a great choice and your third one so I'm switching my third one um, so originally your third one was so originally it would have been catered to you. I'm a very catering person. But she don't want to cater to nobody right now. <laughs> but that's not. <laughs> but no, no, no. So, you know, I'm older now, so I'm thinking more about self care. So I've gravitated more towards this song. Do not disturb by Malia. She's a new mm -hmm. artist. Great music. Love her. Um, and, you know, basically she's just saying, hey, I'm putting myself on do not disturb right now. You're not going to bother me. This isn't going to bother me. I'm just taking time for myself and so I really like that song at this point in my life so I just recently heard the song I do like it um and basically she it's, it's what she's describing and it's kind of like the Omarion level of you know nothing can really um bother me I'm good love and joy type mm -hmm. of situation so I really like that so that's dope and then later on when we have our guests on, we'll try to get them to tell you their three songs. But I haven't asked them in advance, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That'll be kind of funny. So, first we're going to get into um, the Colin Kaepernick situation that 
um, continues to unfold. And as many of you know, Colin Kaepernick took a knee um, to bring light um, to the injustices that are going on with African-Americans in this country uh, concerning police brutality and different levels of oppression. If Unless you're living in Iraq, you should probably already know all this and what has mm-hmm. transpired and how America in general kind of lost focus of what it was about and all these things. But just recently, Colin was asked to come do um, like a tryout session, I guess is what you would call it. Yeah, it was workouts and preparing. Workouts and all those good things. He's in top-notch shape. Um, but when he came, he switched the location. He had a Kunta Kente shirt on. And some of the teams left. Um, there is talks that some teams are interested. But the internet was on fire. People were on fire. I definitely saw lots of black people saying, well, he should know better. You don't go to a job and you can't talk like that. You can't act like that. You can't wear stuff like that. Um, I think that this is bigger than a regular job. I think that he has been put through so much. He can't talk like that. That's my opinion. And he can't act like that. He should be frustrated. He should be angry. And we're kind of conditioned to always bow down like, oh, yes, I'm massa. And we don't need to do that anymore because... Docile. Yeah. We don't need to be docile. Look at at the NFL. Look Look at all the players in the NFL. You think that they could have an NFL without people who look like us? Well, that's exactly where, like, with this whole cap situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, all right, cap started the movement. He kneeled, you know, and that was fantastic. And that was, and everybody got so angry, but the problem is that not that many people and not every other African American athlete in the NFL, nobody joined him. Yes. There was a handful of people that joined them and I commend them. For, Eric Reed has really supported, right, them. you know, and I commend them for their support. But here's the thing as black people, Athletes, we failed. You know, so I, I learned this leadership thing like at work and, you know, they they talk about how it takes one person to start something and then, you know, people start joining in and they talk about how important that first person is yep. to get things started. But actually, it's the second person who's the most important thing because the first person's like, you know, this isn't wrong. This is what we need to do. I'm going to kneel. But you still need followers to come. To give more action. You need more people to join. Every every black athlete, black NFL player should have joined him. Oh, 100%. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like <laughs> his movement would have been so much more. But again, we're conditioned to, we're be docile. conditioned to be docile. So you have your NFL athletes that are, I got my check. You know, and most of them would have never seen, you know, the millions of dollars that they make except for being in the NFL. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, you know, came from underprivileged homes and now I made it to the NFL. I'm not going to mess this up. That's Mm -hmm. what, you know, and we, we understand that, but here's the thing. It's like, we got to band together because there would have been so much more action if all of the black athletes would have stood behind Cap. I completely agree, and I think that that is the biggest factor that holds us back in progression. Whether it be practicing powernomics, whether it be joining in on something, we're so scared and we're so in our bubble and so programmed by capitalism, we're like, oh, we don't want to rock the boat or whatever, whatever, with the, Ka- with the Kaepernick situation. And I want to talk to everybody about this. Oh, my mess is good. He's taking yeah. care of me. Everybody's talking about he wore a Kunta Kinte shirt. Do you know how, do you know how twisted... And conditioned you have to be to be actually upset and appalled 
that Kaepernick wore a shirt of a man who was stolen from a foreign land and was made to work for free and beaten and had his foot cut off. And that happened to many ancestors and he can't wear a shirt supporting his ancestors. That's crazy. That's bananas. That's conditioning. And that's what holds us back. Everybody, everybody, boom, we're, we're doing this. We want people, we want the police to stop killing us. We're doing this. Everybody should follow, follow suit. No, we're not a monolith. No, we don't have to agree on everything all at the same time, right? I get it. But this is a topic that most people can agree on. Like, so everybody should have had his back in the first place. I don't understand that at all. And I mean, and you, you know, I, I, I am going to commend some of the white people that are coming mm-hmm. around and really being like, no, there is a problem here because they're seeing it because you can't really deny it anymore. Um, you know, with the cap thing, actually, I just went down the rabbit hole, unfortunately, on oh, some fine. posts um, because, you know, and it, it, uh, it, it really upset me because it was black people that were talking about how Cap's opinion doesn't matter because he's mixed. Oh my God! So like, okay, uh, colorism. Colorism Come on now. Like it doesn't, ma- and that's what. <laughs> so so what is what I said. Face. She's said, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter no. that he's mixed. It doesn't matter that he was adopted by white people. Mm-mm. Okay, so because he's mixed, he shouldn't care about the oppression of black people. Because he was adopted and raised by white people, he shouldn't care about other blacks. It doesn't make. And at any this point, sense. we all have we 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 don't all have pure anything exactly. at this point, and. You know, I, I look at the biracial thing as how it has been looked at and how it will be looked at. If the KKK came here today, they wouldn't say, oh, Mimi, you can stay because you're, you're mixed. Yeah, Sarai, mixed. you can stay. Yeah, we're fine. You're, you're good. Let me just have have Mona. Let me just... Nah. They don't care. If, if your melanin can be... Look at Cap's hair. He would he would be taken. You know what I'm saying? And back in, in the slavery times, what was it? One-fifth of mm-hmm. nigger blood yep. is what they would you say. One drop. So, and, and, and when we get into... One of the factors of why so many black people are missing, you're going to find out why that one drop makes a difference, why that was said, because it does make a difference. And it actually leads to exactly why people are being taken in large numbers. But we'll talk about that later. So anyways, we just want to offer our support to Kaepernick. We want to tell everybody, stop lunching. Yeah. I mean, I would talk about this all night, but I know we have other topics. I could too, for sure. (laughs) But stop lunching. Who cares if you wore a Kunta Kente shirt? Who cares? You should, you should, you should be proud that he does that. Just because you're scared, just because you're scared to wear something like that or to speak up, you know, for loss of friendships or whatever, don't, don't get mad at another man for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Please remember, even though everyone champions Muhammad Ali now, even though everyone champions Martin Luther King now, they hated him back there. Yes. And white people and black people hated him. Yes. And just like there was white people and black people who supported. But you want to figure out which side of history you're going to stand on. Because history, I'm trying to tell you, is going to look at that man as a hero. And you sound crazy. Football is not more important than our lives. And him fighting for a good fight. So, tighten up. Okay, so, the next thing is Kodak Black, who is one of the Lils, one of the um, young rappers was just sentenced to 46 months in prison. His charges stem from weapon-related charges mm-hmm. and I think some kind of sexual assault thing or whatever. I have heard through different people in the industry who know him that he's actually really intelligent. 
even though if you if you look at any Kodak Kodak's um lives or whatever, he sounds yeah, he sounds out there, whatever. <laughs> but I try not to judge him, you know what I'm saying? He comes from a certain lifestyle and you know, I try to give people time to progress. Um we hope that while he is locked away that he, you know, kinda gets his life in the direction it needs to be in or do does whatever he needs to do to not go back, you know, when he comes out or whatever. So just wanted to touch on that. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since the power finale. Mia, I mean Mia, Mimi, we, we've been sipping. Mimi, do you watch Power? I do not watch Power. Why do you not watch Power? It's not because I don't want to. Okay. I've actually only seen two episodes of the first season. Honestly, two reasons. I've always worked on Sunday nights until mm-hmm. recently, so I just never watched it. Yeah. And then I'm more of a binge watcher. And I know that there's several seasons now, so I will watch Power because I don't really like being out of the discussion because everybody's always talking about it and I have no idea what's, what's going, going on. on. But I mean, like, it seems like a great show, but I just have never actually watched it. So my opinion on Power is it's a good show. Um, it's not an excellent show, but it's great just pastime type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it was really, really good in the beginning. The writing has gotten hella sloppy. Recently, there's a lot of unrealistic stuff going on, but it's one of those shows like you can't turn away. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to keep watching. So that's where we're kind of at with it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about this because it is like news everywhere. Everybody mm-hmm. knows this, and you're going to have to catch up anyway. But <laughs> that's fine. So I want to know um, once this video is posted, I want you to tell me in the comments who do y'all think shot Ghost? Who do you think shot him? Um, and do you think he's really dead? I, for one, do not, and I definitely think it was Tariq. Um, I think that Tariq and Councilman Tate have a bigger role going on than what most people see. I think that's the reason why the song was changed. I think if you listen to the lyrics that were on there, it kind of like represents their story. And then um, we know that 50 Cent has said, starting in January, Mary J. Blige is going to be a main character on Power, book two, the finale, um, the um, continuing series, and I believe that Mary J. Blige is either going to be Tasha or a new character, but I believe Power Book 2 is going to be more about Tariq. So that's my prediction. I might be wrong, but I'm usually not. I'm going to make a prediction because I've never seen it. Okay, make a prediction. It's the best friend. Whoever the best friend of of Ghost, whoever that is. So that would be Tommy. Tommy Tommy and Ghost are like brothers. That's the white dude on the show. They've been trying to kill each other for a while. Okay, but I'm saying, but in all gangster movies, it's Mm. always... The best friend, the tight boy, the one that you, you know, your homie that you do anything for. Well, everybody who watches Power knows if it was Tommy, he's well within his right. Yeah. Yeah, because sure. Ghost spend luncheon. He does not. Um, it's always do what the boy that turns on him. It's always that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll never know because Power also <laughs> had some stuff with Kanan go on and Kanan survived a fire and a beatdown and all that stuff so we all remember how that was and he was brought back to life by sipping lean you know what i'm saying so <laughs> by having a lesbian girl and sipping lean so that's when it started getting i was like what are they talking to, about maybe i have to watch this yeah you gotta watch it right <laughs> i'll make it a priority so i want to talk about one more thing this is a meme i saw online oh first of all about memes those i'm gonna tell my kid memes are hilarious so I don't know where they stemmed from, but I'm thinking, I remember the um, article coming out about a Hollywood executive saying that 
Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts could play Harriet Tubman, nobody would notice. And then all of a sudden, two days later, it was all these memes. So I'm thinking that, you know, that all of us on Twitter, black Twitter, as y'all know, sets trends. I believe that that's where it came from, but I'm not, that's not verified, but that's really what I think. So <laughs> the, there, there's one with Jocelyn Hernandez, and it says, I'm going to tell my kids this is Prince. I died. I'm dead. Oh, there's one from uh, Nacho Libre, and it says, I'm going to tell my kids this is Post Malone. <laughs> hilarious. hilarious. So y'all keep making those memes. But, so there was one meme I saw, and it said, um, things that look weird now that were totally normal when you were younger, right? So I started thinking, and the one I came up with um, was people were fighting in school at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And that is wild. Like now as an adult, when you get up, you know, we both work a lot. Would you even be in the mindset to fight somebody early Absolutely in the not. <laughs> but we were coming to school, people were jumping oh, on lockers. Like, what? That is wild. That like the things that we used to do, it's like, why? Like I would, nowadays, if I was in school, I'd be like, all right, I got you. Meet me at three o'clock. I gotta, you know, I gotta get through the day. Oh my god, don't even get me started. Yeah, on that. I gotta get you. I gotta get you later on. But we was offering hands at eight o'clock in the morning. Sometimes earlier because high school mm-hmm. starts even earlier, and you're talking about meet me in the in the locker room, like, or meet me in the lunch room, like, it's it's crazy. Do you have any things that you ever think back on that now they're weird, but they were totally normal when you were a teenager? Uh, yeah, I just don't know if I should. Uh, you can say see. whatever. Well, let's see. It's a dope academy, baby. Uh, things that I thought was normal, and then I found out that they weren't normal. Um, so at like 13, I always used to be my dad's designated driver. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought it was fine. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got older and I realized, oh, you know what? That's kind of a problem. So you were driving when you were like 13? Yes. So my dad taught me to drive when I was 13. And, you know, I never, I just thought it was cool because I was the only one in my class that and he had a big Dodge Ram truck. Like I used to be. Driving you were driving a truck everywhere. Oh my because, lord! But you know, I also, I you know, thirteen. I looked older anyway. I looked yeah. like I was like sixteen. And so, man, I used to drive that thing everywhere, and I just thought it was normal. Like I will never forget. Um, and my best friend too. Uh, drive. We were driving to Atlanta. You know, I was at this time. We were, hold on, hold on, <laughs> pump your brakes. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. At this time, though, we were like fifteen. Mimi. <laughs> yeah. You were driving to Atlanta when you were that young? Yeah, my dad was oh, in the my God. passenger seat. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was normal. Like, so. You got older, you were like. Oh, yeah, after I was like, oh, he's intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> we're not supposed to be in the car at all. So, yeah, you live and you learn. Yeah. I mean, I would never do that to my children now, so. Yeah, of course. You progress, you learn. Uh-huh. Gotta get better. I thought that not hugging was normal. I didn't learn that till I became an adult and people, and I, I was, anybody who know, who knew me as a teenager and kind of like early twenties, like they can tell you, there's certain people who joke about it. Like I would be so awkward hugging people. Like I'd be like, uh, you weren't a hug. I didn't. So, okay, look, so I didn't grow up with a whole bunch of hugs. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It wasn't a lot of affection type of stuff. And I just didn't do that. Right. So I grow up, I meet all these people, they're hugging all this like love and affection. I didn't know how long you're supposed to hold the hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I was always, my anxiety would kick in. I'd be like, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and I would feel weird. I didn't, and then like, if it's a man, do you really hug or do you do like the arm joint? 
You know, I don't know. My, I have a uh, family member who is a pastor, and he has the hug down to a pat. I, yeah. I, I study people. You know what I'm saying? Of course, he hugs his wife like he's supposed to hug her. Everybody else, especially women, he, he does like this arm, this this over oh, arm like, thing. I got you from a distance. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show you a little bit of love, but not too yeah, much. Yeah, but I respect him for that. You. Because, you yeah. know, that way it can, oh, you definitely. know, no, no kind of I don't of want problems. there to be any confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I noticed that at our family function, like he, you know, and we're all family, but he like... That's a, he he has it down to a pack, but I mean, I yeah, guess, that was crazy. Like I was never a big hugger. I'm not really in a. I was never really an affectionate person. Mm-hmm. I guess I just never really thought about hugs. Yeah, I love them now, but in the beginning, I was like, "What? What is this? Why do you want to embrace? What? What? What, what is that? You know?" Um, but you know, like we said, you live and you learn, you progress. Uh, anything else that was when we were younger? Soraya, who is also in the house today. You are recently an adult. You were a teenager. Well, you're still a teenager, but you were young very recently. Is there anything that now, now that you went to college and stuff, that you see that used to go on when you were a teenager that now you're like, that's whack? Do you have anything? You want her to come over? She can come over here. Come on, come join us. She's going to join us for a quick second. Come on in. the hot seat. Um... (laughs) I don't really think that there's anything that, because we still do the same things that we did in high school. I just oh, so there's no growth. Not really. You need I to mean, grow. I mean, the eight o'clock fights. Do you remember that? In yes. School? Like I, but I was never one of the people who was like, it was eight o'clock. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was like, it's eight o'clock. Why are y'all out here fighting? But I don't have anything. Else. Nothing else. No. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that? We used to do. Okay, so this is one thing. Okay, well, you'll be back later. Oh, okay. Soraya will be back later to join us in a, in a segment later on, and you'll get to meet her and introduce yourself and all that good stuff. Um, one thing that we used to do, and I'm saying this in front of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So you know, earmuffs. If you, <laughs> she's all right. So you know, if you grew up in well any era, because everybody, I mean, I know more weed smokers than not weed smokers, but some people have it on the on the low low. But if you definitely grew up in my generation, like early millennial, um, 80s to 90s, marijuana was huge, just like it is now, but it was really big. Because we had like, the Chronic album, we had Cheech and Chong movies, you know, it was just the normal way of life. So it was very custom to smoke every day, like in high school and all that stuff. And, you know, roll blunts and get in the car and do what we call hot boxing. Hot boxing. Great podcast, Mike Tyson's podcast, Hot Boxing. It's really, really dope. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's really good. He smokes on the podcast with everybody, and they tell all these stories about celebrities. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a great podcast. But anyways, so everybody with Hot Box, right? I wasn't a big fan of that because I feel like you're, like, suffocating in a car. So what that means is you get in a the car, there is usually at least one, usually two blunts in circulation. You listen to music, and you put the windows up, and... Uh, the thought is, if there's if the windows aren't down, you get you know more THC highness, right? But what we used to do in Woodbridge, shout out to Woodbridge, my hometown, Woodbridge, is we would hotbox, but we would hotbox in the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> so we would we would, and this is girls, you know. What I'm saying it wasn't always dudes. Like four girls in a car, you go to a car wash. And you start hotboxing because the, 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 you know, the soap and everything would come in and it would stimulate you and you thought it was cool and all that good stuff. 
and the car would be clean when you're done. To me, that's so dumb. First of all, uh, it's very legal in many, many areas, you know, now. But back then, it was not. No. Maryland was, it wasn't like that. The medicinal wasn't like that in Maryland. D.C. wasn't like that. Um, it wasn't. It, you and we're in a common, anything. Yeah. You was and we're in a commonwealth. So mm -hmm. I look back now and I'm like, that was so stupid. Because we had houses mm -hmm. you could go to. But instead, we wanted to get in a car and go to a car wash. It's just so stupid. I don't know. Crazy. Or woods. Let's smoke in the woods. Yeah, let's smoke in the woods. Smoking in the woods was the best. Like, for real. But. If you're one of those people who get paranoid, if you have like, you know, chronic or what they call loud now, or um, if you have anxiety and you smoke sativa or something, and then all of a sudden you get paranoid and you start hearing raccoons and stuff jump from the trees. I've seen people freak out. Like I've seen people really have a moment and that's not good. So go to the woods, but make sure you know how to get out the woods and where the opening is because I have stories for days of things that have happened when people smoked and wasn't able to handle it. Okay. So, I want to talk about music. Yes. Have you been able to listen to any of the new releases lately? Or, better yet, who are you listening to right now? Who am I listening to right yeah. now? Who am I listening to right now? I listen to everything all the time. Um, and honestly, I mean, today, I was cleaning the house. I was listening to Two Chains. <laughs> two Chains. I can't say that I listen to the same person. Like I daily change who I listen to. It's honestly how I feel in that particular moment. I'm a I'm a mood music person. Mm -hmm. shout, out to, shout out to Joe Budden, but I'm a mood music person. So you can kind of tell what my mood is. Um, oh, you can tell what my mood is. Yeah, that music. especially especially if I'm cleaning. Mm -hmm. So if I'm cleaning, listen to what I'm listening to. It's either going to tell you if I'm about to be on some Love Jones type of, or if I'm going to be on Snatch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely a mood music person. So today you were listening to Two Change, so you was trying to turn up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just honestly, whenever I'm trying to get in the zone for anything, Two Chains gets me in the zone. I'm driving by myself. Mm -hmm. Two chains, cleaning. Two chains. Like, what's your just... favorite Two Chains album? I don't have one. What's that one, Soraya? The the pink house. The pretty girls like pink houses. Is that pretty girl trap house? Pretty girl trap house one. It's a it's a Two Chains album. I like that album. Anyways, but shout out to Two Chains or TD Boy as he used to be called. Yep. I still listen to um. What's that one when he was TD Boy with Lil Wayne? Um. Oh, if I don't do nothing, I'm a oh, ball. Yes. I'm counting all day like, like the, the clocks on the wall. wall. Now go and get, <laughs> get your money, money, little duffel bag boy. That's my song. So I still <laughs> listen to that before he was 2 chains or whatever. But we're going to have a guest come on to discuss Mr. Jacquees, which his new album, The King of R&B, I am in love with proclaims King of r We're going to get into that because people are <laughs> mad about that. Self-proclaimed king of R&B, if you have not listened to it, because most people didn't listen to it, they're like, I didn't listen to that bullshit. You mm -hmm. said he was king of R&B. I'm trying to tell you right now, that joint is fire. I love the album. It's great. I'm not going to say he's the king of R&B, because Chris Brown obviously would get that before yes. anybody right. At this point, I mean, come on. Yeah. Or Trey Songz. Though. Trey Songz. But Trey Songz doesn't have a lot of material right now. Does he have anything? Not right now. No, no. But I, but I love Trey Songz. Yeah, but if you take Trey Songz and Chris Brown, who's going to win? Chris Brown. Chris Brown going to come in flipping. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Chris Brown's got more hits, more everything. Yes. 
So I just like Trey. I, feel, I like his music is Trey songs has more depth in his music. Yeah, um, he does. I mean, Chris Brown is always going to be on top because he's the party. Like, and he's really talented yeah, in so all, many different yeah, areas. Absolutely talented, yeah. and all of his music is they're they're like hype songs to me. Like mm-hmm. they're even though some of them might be love songs or some of them are dance songs or whatever, they're always like the mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Like. I feel like Trey songs is getting more soul to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. And I'm more of that type of person. I can see that. Um, uh, we, have a, we, we have a guest who would like to discuss Daquise's whole um, King of R and B thing. So we'd like to welcome to the Dope Academy another dope ass friend. This is Mario. How you doing? We're do- we're doing good. We're we're doing good. We're feeling good. So I was talking to the audience about. Jack Quise's new album, King of R&B. And I know we talked earlier, and you got real emotional. You said he can't, he's not the king of R&B. And so I want to know your thoughts on that. And I'm going to off- offer why I believe he's calling himself that and bring back um, a memory of some other artists who have done that in the past. And I'm going to encourage everybody to listen to that album because it's really, really dope. So, and you sound like you're a little spicy about him saying he's the king of R&B too. So... I mean, like, why do y'all hate on that? I'm not saying that he's not talented, and I do listen to his music all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that he's been in the game long enough to take that title. And I kind of feel like somebody has to give you that title. You can't just claim it yourself. Okay, I agree. I mean, she just took the words all out of my mouth. <laughs> like, you got to put in time before you could give yourself a title like that. Okay, but people give. So let me go on record. I do not believe that Jack Queese is the king of R&B. I think if anybody that I just talked to her about, it would be Chris Brown. He wins it right now. Negative. Okay. Well, who do you feel should be the king of R&B right now? I mean, I would pick Trey Songz over Chris Brown. Okay, that's what she said. We can understand where this is going. We understand where this is going. But there's so many more, though, too, though. But when I'm saying king of R&B, who is killing R&B like Chris Brown? That dude puts out like no no granted he's on coke, probably, <laughs> but he puts out like forty Let's songs. About his I mean, life for a second. you will always say Usher though. Nah, Usher, Usher ain't. Is, Usher, is Usher relevant right now? Oh, this is, you're like that's that's like. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, time out because I mean, wait, wait, time out. I am a huge Usher fan. I have always. Been I love Usher, Usher, but he's not the king of R and B right now. But he hasn't come out with. He's not coming out with anything. I mean, he's almost forty. What was exactly. his last thing? Make it say, uh, no limit. <laughs> It's dope. It's dope, but it didn't look, all of make an impact. The king came back. But I mean, but you know, it's the thing. He's all right. Y'all want to do this? We can do this. Chris Brown, Usher, Trey Songs. Trey Songs gets eliminated because he cannot dance. Okay. No, but R and B's not about dancing. I agree with you. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I we're talking. We're talking about the king. Hold on, hold on. What are we talking? No, we're talking about the king. I'm talking about overall. Okay, overall. Overall, Trey Songs gets eliminated. Even though I love Trey Songs and. My best friend Tijin can can definitely go on record and saying that I put Trey songs on a lot in this area because I listened to him back in the day when he was on mixtapes covering R. Kelly songs. Don't you look like that because I was definitely playing Trey songs before he got big. But Trey hey, songs. But my question, the question was, Jacquees was the king of R and B. You ain't even put him in the equation just now. No, we're talking about the other people. So uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm I'm talk about that. So he's Chris, not the king. He's never not. Will, never he's, will be. He's not the king. Maybe a but. <laughs> okay y'all better listen to that new album but he's not the king but I understand what he's doing 
because sometimes in the music industry you have to say that you are you know what I'm saying like um fake it before you fake it until you make it you know what I'm saying always be selling yourself so those, like, are, those are sales strategies so like these these rappers that put out this fake beef to get their self more No, this spread. is different. It's like, who's going to believe in me if I don't believe in myself? If I call myself the best, then people going to say it. Nipsey, Nipsey said that on Hustle Motivate. He said, think if I call, call it the truth, then people going to feel it. Like, they're going to they're gonna call it the best. Like, you have, to, you have to be your own advocate before anybody else will. So, if we remember back in the day, Lil Wayne... I was a huge Lil Wayne. I was a Lil Wayne fan before he was even cursing. Remember when he didn't curse back in the day? Okay, boom. He started calling himself the best rapper alive. In my opinion, when he started calling himself that, he was not the best rapper alive. No. That song was dope. Yeah. Like, all right, check. Game tight. And you go, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, me. Best rapper alive. He kept saying that. And then what happened in two years? Everybody was calling him a best rapper alive. Everybody was looking for features from him. And that has happened over and over in hip-hop. So I think because Jacquees is hip-hop influenced, I think that's what he's doing. You're saying that Jacquees is trying to claim that. He's speaking it into existence. Never see it. <laughs> Why? I'm going to let him know that. He will never see it. Why? Why? Have you ever heard him sing live? <laughs> no. No, listen, listen to it. Okay, well, we'll he did. Lil Wayne looks like a gremlin and was we're wearing stretch pants. We're not talking about what he looks like. He's a rapper. It doesn't matter what his appearance is. It matter what comes out point, of his mouth. At that point, coming from, from the generation before, it did matter. We on Jacquees. He was so dope. Sing, he, though. I'm just saying he was so dope. People overlooked he it. So all those, Rihanna can't either, but she's but dope. But she's sexy. Okay. Well, some people might think Jacquees is sexy. He's short. No, y'all don't like right short. Said no. Yeah, see, <laughs> it's too short. Well, short men need love too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. First of all, I'm saying that album is dope, and then I'm saying, leave you know, leave your information in the comments on anything. But do you think it's okay for an artist to say that they're the best before they're the best? I do. I believe you gotta believe in yourself before anybody else does. I mean, I, do. I definitely I think you have to believe in yourself. But I mean. He, he can't sing. Motivate yourself how you He makes dope-ass songs, though. And he does. I will play him in a minute. I am a huge fan. And some people fan. feel like Trey Song sounds like a Billy Goat. What? Some people, what? yeah, they, they know no. that. <laughs> I don't think he does, but some people don't think he can sing. Whatever, I love Trey Songs. I don't want to hear those people. Some people think he's like a Billy Goat. I'm just saying what happens. That's what he's saying. <laughs> I have never heard anybody yeah. call him a Billy Goat, so... His eyebrows is messed up, though. I wish he'd get them done. Seriously. <laughs> I would never notice. Man, they be hooked up to the side and looking all crazy, man. How you gonna invent sex with messed up eyebrows? Yeah. I don't understand it. You don't need eyebrows for sex? That's what he I, said. I didn't say for sex. I said to invent it. He's talking about he gonna be in a lab. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's Dexter's laboratory. That's why he doesn't have no eyebrows, because he's in the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just got burnt off. So I'm just saying that Jacquees, I, I, I'm okay with it. I think that it's okay to say that. Jay-Z was saying he was the best rapper. I, I've lived many years, and I have seen some things happen, and I remember when Jigga was like, I'm the best, and people were pissed. How dare you say that? How dare you shit on Biggie? How dare you do that when you taking these people's lyrics, whatever, 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 whatever. But now, he's in that conversation. Jay-Z is usually most people's number one pick. I'm not saying that he I, is. So not, I, so can I, I ask am, a question? Yes. So... Jay-Z was around when Lil Wayne was claiming that he was the best rapper of the yes. world, right? Nobody really debated that? 
they didn't debate it because Jay Z during during that little run he was already solidified. Yeah. At that point, so so in hip hop there there comes a time where people are on like the Mount Rushmore. Jay Z is definitely there. So Even can you, you ever like lose that title as as the best rapper or the king of R and B alive? Can you lose that title? I believe so. Alive, yeah. Okay. I I think some people still okay. Eminem, great example. Eminem, if we're talking about lyricist conversation, Ooh, Eminem is the best lyricist. I don't believe he's the best oh. lyricist, but he is one of the best. Oh. I don't believe he is the best. No. <laughs> I think people be lunching. I, I, that I get my top, top five, is, but six. he's not relevant anymore. So that's what I'm saying. So there's certain people they they're so dope that forever they're solidified, but they're not. We're not going to say he's the right. best alive. So because we're going to say we're going to say Jay Z is a legacy. Oh yes, right. I I, yeah. I don't I don't know how anybody could argue that. All right, I mean Tupac, Biggie, of course, their legacies. Tupac is the greatest you know, rapper that honest, ever lived. Thank you very honestly, much. Honestly, I was never a huge fan. I'm of not Biggie. talking about lyrics. I'm talking about overall artists. Yes, he is. There's never ever been anybody as iconic and as influential. Let's go. So is Lil Wayne a legacy now? So yes, yes, Lil Wayne is a Set legend. Or, wait, wait, or so many... hold on, hold on, wait. Yes. Is he is he like in his rap career? Like, is he an actual legacy, or was he just so much a of... moment in time? Yeah, and then no. because he was so much of a business person that you know he was able to bring these other artists out because Lil Wayne doesn't put out new music. What? So Lil Wayne's last album that came out, what is that, Carter Five, Sarai? The last one came out last yeah. year. After I was like disappointed. Three, I stopped. I was disappointed because let me tell you why. <laughs> I was disappointed because it was uh, a lot of to me. It was songs that were dated. They were throwaway songs, and it probably had to do with the whole fact that he was having the beef with Birdman or whatever, whatever. Carter Three is my favorite, though. I Love agree it, with that. Yeah. It's my favorite Lil Wayne album. Um, yeah, mixtapes. He he had the mixtape game a yeah. lot. So I'm just saying, like he's he. Lil Wayne is different though because so we could say Master P. Master P is a legend to me. I respect mm. him in so many ways, but Master P is not a legendary rapper. He He's a legendary businessman in rap. Yeah. Lil Wayne is a legendary rapper because what he did was he carried Cash Money on his back. I saw yes. that. Yes, I saw him was, do that. He was the one that saved that, saved Cash Money, which is crazy. Why? Why would Birdman not pay him? Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Did they really kiss? Yeah, they kissed. He used to kiss all of them. Turk, BG, all of them said that. Yeah. You never seen that? I did, but I thought it was Photoshop. Nah, man. <laughs> he used to kiss him, baby. Hey, young money, baby. Yeah. Well, anywho, so I'm just saying, do you, audience, feel like people can say they're the best before they're the best? I believe they can. They don't think they should. I think also somewhere Bobby Brown is really pissed off because, you know, he is the king of R&B, according to <laughs> the late, great Whitney Houston. Jamie Rock, Jamie Foxx said he was the king of rocks and blunts, but that was really mean. But at one point, at one point, Bobby Brown was the shit, like for real. I went to a concert; people was throwing draws on the stage. He you was. Your age out there. He, I, look, look, I was really young. I, I was really, really <laughs> young. Brown don't encourage him. Since like '98. Yeah, which you can and don't be cruel. To this day, to you can put on "Don't Be Cruel" and it's a classic album. Yeah, it was like twelve. Yeah, like fifth grade or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> I went to a concert when I was in fifth grade. It was my first concert. I went to concerts all my life. I've never been to a concert, you guys. <gasps> what? I've never been to a concert. Oh, we're taking them to a concert. Are you serious? I promise you, I've never been to a concert. My first concert was Run DMC, Bobby Brown, Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, 
uh, Beastie Boys, Slick Rick, I think. I was like five years old. I cried because I did not want to go, and I'm so happy my mom made me go. Does it count? I seen Timberland at the Waffle House, and that's one. <laughs> <laughs> at the Waffle House? I promise to you. I promise to you. Yeah. Was he doing beats on the table? No. Oh my God! So, Ryan, didn't you see Chris Brown at Kings Dominion when you were with Mary? Yeah, he's he's always around here. He's at the uh, he's Marquee Theater. Theater. Yeah, he's always around. So, she, I remember that day you went there with Mary, Mary Jane. Yeah. All right. So now we're gonna get into something a little more heavy. Mario, you are free to stay, but I know you want to go. He wants to go watch the game. So. Forty uh, Nine er Nation. Uh, I just want to say that. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> so what we're going to do is talk about um, a little heavier of a topic, which is the girls that are missing in America. And we're going to invite my daughter, Soraya, to come sit down. Come on over. All right. First of all, before we get really into it, we're going to ask you, and I'm going to put you on the spot. What are the three songs that... Describe you. Um, didn't she ask is. Mario when he was here. <laughs> oh, I forgot to ask, ask him. him. Mario. I just, I just, I just figured it out while y'all was talking, so it's okay. Okay. What are your three songs? Um, my three songs. Number one's gonna be "Fancy" by Drake, because you know she fancy, <laughs> and all that good stuff. Come back. We forgot to ask um, three songs that describe. Number you. two is gonna be. Nobody told me that. Okay. <sighs> number two is probably gonna be "Moon River." By Moon River. Frank Ocean. Oh, okay, Frankie. It's, it's it seems like it's a love song, but the song is really about like life's journey, and Moon River basically means like you know like the past and the future and some river. I don't know. It's just cool. Mm-hmm. I love Frank Ocean. Frank um, Ocean about scorpion on her arm. <laughs> and then number three. What's that song off of Lil Wayne? Carter five, hold on. I just I just thought about it. Um Can't Be Broken. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's probably it. Okay, so we've asked Mario to come back real quick so he can he can tell the three Do you wanna come tell or do you not want to share? I gotta find them real quick. Oh, he's trying to find them. Oh my god. So anyways, Moon River by Frank Ocean. I, I do wanna talk about that for a minute. Did you hear that it's recent good. song that he put out? The most recent, no, I didn't hear it. Did you also hear that he's opening a club? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's opening like his own nightclub, I think in LA. But Moon River is a cover of a ballad that was way back in the day. Frank Ocean, that dude is an artist. Because he did a cover? (laughs) I'm a ballad, like, (laughs) let me tell you. Okay. Hold on, who's the ballad by? I don't know. I don't know all that. I just know that. He took it upon himself to find this ballad and recreate the song and make it beautiful like he does every single song he makes. So have you been happy with Frank Ocean's work recent? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite Frank Ocean project? Like, his, out of his Out-ons. albums? <sighs> What's that? Chanel? Uh, bro, it's that orange one. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it? It's not Agent Orange. I want to say What's Agent Orange. That's what I call Trump. One? I can't uh, remember. 
Uh, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, not ocean orange. I don't know, but y'all know the orange. Y'all one. know what we talking about. That was when I first heard him because you know the tornado flew around oh, my room. That song got me, and I was like, okay. Then all the men out there tripped out because they loved that song. They found out he was gay. Yeah. They're like, oh, what? <laughs> Playing JC. You look confused. He's like, I didn't know. <laughs> Oh no, I knew he was gay. I mean, I, I support it, you know what I'm saying? As long as he keep that over there, I'm cool. I like his Frank Ocean ain't looking at you. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if he was, but I mean, <laughs> keep your thoughts to yourself. So do you have your three songs? I got two. Okay, come over and do the two songs. Oh my gosh. Come on. We gotta let him get in here some kind of way. Okay. Goodness. I mean, I just want all to my dope ass friends on the Dope Academy podcast. It's really cool. Okay, so you wanted to know what? No, Rich Roddy. You know. Okay, Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich. I knew Sarai was gonna be like, um, excuse me. <laughs> oh no, let me hear this though. Look, she likes him, so go ahead. I like down below. I do like okay. that. You know, what like is it, that describes you. I mean, I've been through what that song describes, so like a lot of it. So I don't know the song. I don't know the song either. So me and Mimi feel left out. Explain. (laughs) I was sleeping on the floor. Oh, I do know the song. Yeah. Ring of fire and it burn, burn, burn. That brings back so many memories. That ring of fire. I don't know about that. Just keep going. Uh, Jason Aldean, Dirt Road Anthem. Oh, that's my yes. song. Hey, yeah. that's my song. <laughs> Chilling on a dirt road. Yeah, we know that song. Mario's cut your boy in heart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are my two. And big green tractor. I do have a big red tractor. It's not green though. Does that count? No. What? It needs to be green. Because green is John Deere, John right? Deere. I mean, what's a red tractor? International. You got. You got tan and yellow. That's the only international I like is international players like Anthem by uh, Outkast. So I typed this text to this girl I used to, you know, that song. Okay, bye bye. Go go watch your game. (laughs) Thank you. If you were to say more of it, he would know. If if I I what? If you would have said more of the song, he would know. Oh, he knows that song. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I bet you choose the level. You know, he knows that song. All right, so all jokes aside, we're going to get into something a little heavier. So I wanted to touch base on the epidemic that's going on. I do believe it's an epidemic um, with black people in general missing. But today, um, because the episode is called Black Girl Lost, I want to focus on the black females that are going missing in this country. And I have a little bit of data for you. I'm going to take my earrings out because... She get out. real. Okay. I'm about to get real, girl. I'm about to get real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Rachel Nathalie. So... <laughs> so, as of 2018, 64,000, and that number is increasing daily. by the minute. Yeah, daily. 64,000 black women um, and children and people are missing in this country and that's a lot right and people in general are going missing but we're going missing at alarming rates and 64,000 to people oh there's so many billions of people you know in the world or whatever but in America 
The fact that we have 64,000 missing, that makes it 30% of all missing cases. That is crazy when we're only 13% of the population and even less than that when you could just count women. So it is a national epidemic that should be talked about by everyone because everyone has a sister, a mother, a daughter, a cousin. You know, everybody cares about these black women in their life and we wanted to touch on why does that not get talked about? Well, I was going to say because go ahead. they don't care about black women. They don't care about us, right? Because, like, honestly, if you look at it and you hear about women disappearing, you only hear about white women disappearing. Like, by the news standards, black women don't go missing. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Because I know I have never heard anything about black women going missing. Like, because that's, it's not talked about. But if it's a white woman, oh, she went missing. What happened to her? Let's find her, you know, all these things. And that's... So it's the same thing as like back in the day they used to tell people, oh, we can't put a black woman on a magazine because it won't sell. But who do you know is the supermodels now? Now who do we say supermodel? They Naomi Campbell. Campbell. What? We say Tyra Banks. <laughs> you know, of course we say, uh, uh, what is her name? Claudia Schiffer uh, and the, what's the one with the, with the Lupita. mole? Lupita. Lupita. You know, that's, well, she's an actress, but yeah, still. She's still model. a model. Yeah, same thing. Um, kind of. But <laughs> what I'm saying is like, for some reason, when it comes to black people in general, when it comes to movies, they'll say, oh, we can't make that movie because it won't sell. We can't do this. Even though we have amazing buying, buying power in this country, they will say that we can't do this, this, and that. It's the same thought process. Like, we're not going to put that on the news because people don't care about black people, which goes back to what Colin Kaepernick was saying. People don't pay attention to what's going on and what our troubles are, so we're not going to do that. But when a young white girl goes missing, it's national news. It's everywhere. It's being covered by Nancy Grace. It's all Mm -hmm. over the place. And I'm not just making that up. There are several reporters, several. I know some personally, and you can can Google and find them who have done studies how networks do not want to put missing black children or black kids on television or black women on television. But that same reporter will be called out of bed in the middle of the night to cover a young white girl who goes missing. Now, I'm not by any way, shape, or form saying that um, those white girls shouldn't be looked for, but we definitely should be looked for as well. Like, we definitely should. And I want to just talk about um, the reasons behind it. So, I live in Virginia. You know, this is the DMV area. And we definitely are experiencing an uptick in people going missing. There were several times that... um, there were attempted abductions in just this area alone um, the, over the last couple of years when my kids were a little younger. DC has children missing on the regular. Like they're going missing on the regular, it's crazy. Um, Florida is a, is a national hub for sex trafficking, so it's really happening there a lot. And what I've discovered through my research is <clears throat> there's three main reasons that this is going on. So. The first reason is the reason that has always kind of been around. We're talking about these Silence of the Lambs type of people, crazy, take a girl, rape her, killer, yeah, yeah. kill what, them. What everybody thinks the, of. You find the body. Yeah, and you find the body. Just some psycho, CSI, whatever, special victims unit type of stuff. And those people definitely need to be sought after. We need to, we need to definitely you know, go after the serial killers and the rapists and things like that. And that's kind of always kind of been it's always there yeah there but what we're seeing now is that black girls are in high demand in the sex trade melanated people i don't want to just say black girls because it's actually latinas as well 
and it's actually Asians as well. Black um, and brown Yes, people. black and brown people. Anybody with melanin is highly sought after. So that's the sex trade is a big, big part of that. And there is a particular case um, that happened in D.C. with a little girl named Relisha Rudd who um, went missing. She, Her story breaks my heart because she never had a... She just never had a shot, man. Like she, when she went missing, she was living in like a homeless shelter. The guy who everybody believes took her was the janitor at the homeless shelter in DC. Um, the last known video footage of her was um, him and her going into a hotel room. But he was found two weeks later. He shot himself. He had already killed his wife, and he shot himself. But she's never been found. And it's definitely believed from different things that went on. Um, that she was probably sold into sex slavery and there's video of this little girl you can see her like answering questions and um just just lights up her room and it just breaks my heart that now she's probably a teenager and no one knows where she is who she is you know things like that um that's a case of sex trade when i was in high school and i didn't even think i was gonna talk about this i'm gonna talk about it and people who went to school with me are going to know what I'm talking about. When I was in high school, um, one year, a bunch of people I knew, girls and some family, ended up going into prostitution. The guys who put them in prostitution were in my school, and the girls were in my school. I know this for a fact because I drove to D.C. to go to the Ritz, if y'all remember that. Um, and I saw them on the corner. So at that point, I thought, well, they're dumb. They're going to just let somebody take their money. You know, they're going to, what are they doing? You know, that's before I really knew, uh, the game and, and psychologically how that happens. Um, and on the other hand, there is a dichotomy there, right? Because I am fascinated with the life of Iceberg Slim. We've all grown up with watching the Mac and different things like that, but it gets really, really deep when you get older and you start thinking about it. Now, they were all young, and I, I don't judge any of those people um, who were um, kind of went into that lifestyle, because as far as I know, um, one of them unfortunately passed away, and everybody else has since came out of that and got their lives together, but and that's how easy it is. These are all people I knew growing up, you know, not from the best homes or whatever, and then like that, they were on a corner in D.C., and the crazy thing about DC as far as prostitution goes I've seen it personally I've seen young girls underage on the corner and people pull up with diplomatic um, tags these are congressmen these are diplomats taking these girls and that definitely needs to be um, highlighted and sought after Now, the third reason that this is going on is very alarming <clears throat> so this episode, I'm dedicating it to three people, and that's Relisha Rudd, and that's Kendrick Johnson, and Henrietta Lacks. I'll get into who each of those people are. I just told you about Relisha Rudd, um, and let's pray for, pray for that family and keep them in our thoughts. The third reason is organ harvesting, and when people hear this, they think it's crazy. They're like, oh, that's crazy. Anybody taking nobody's organs? If you watch the movie Get Out, people are like, oh, that's a great, scary movie. But it was, you know, sometimes fiction is like real life, right? So 
black organs, organs that have direct melanin and DNA linked to Africa are way more valuable on the black market. A kidney goes for like $250,000 on the black market. So that's really, really Superior big, big, yeah, big business, right? So I would sell one mine. <laughs> what? I would sell one mine. You can if you want to. For two fifty? You know what? I'm not. All right. I cannot. Right, that's on the black market. And if so, you sell one, they're probably gonna take the other one. But anyways, so our organs and DNA is highly sought after. Okay. A lot of people don't believe that. They go, oh, you know. And I'm not saying, oh, it's sought after because. Um, we're just easy targets. It's actually scientific in our DNA, right? And if you don't believe that, you should really research Henrietta Lacks. Henrietta Lacks was a young mother in Virginia. She came from here. She went to John Hopkins because she had a knot in her stomach and she was sick. They found out she had cancer. They took her cells. They took the cancer out and they took the other part out as well, the other part of her, I think her cervix. Um, and what they did was they found that her cells multiplied at crazy, crazy levels. So to this day, Henrietta Lacks has been, her cells have been used in over 250,000 studies to this day. Because that happened in 1951. And, and, and her family has never been paid at all. Her family is actually like a very tragic story if you listen to it or you read they it. They don't even it. have any health insurance to this No day. health insurance, nothing. They have made, people have made billions off of her cells. Her cells are still in a laboratory right now. They, that cannot be duplicated. That cannot be duplicated in, in certain races. And I'm not saying, oh, we're so big and we're better and we're better. Da, 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 da. It's just scientific. It's just something that has happened, right? Um, it's really the same reason that during um, slavery, when people were lynched, there was all kinds of people lynched, the Irish, the, the Italians, or whoever. There was only one group of people whose penises were cut off, and those were black men. They would have what's called picnic, picnic a day, and they would cut their penises off, and they would do that because the fear of the black semen, because that DNA is special. And the problem with what we were talking about earlier, us being docile, is we don't know our own history. So when you gain knowledge of self, you understand the chessboard of what's really going on. Our organ harvesting goes right into that, goes directly into that. So... Henrietta Lacks is definitely, definitely um, a case you should look up. The immortal life of Henrietta Lacks is one to really research. But I say all that because there is a, a young man. His name was Kendrick Johnson. He was in Georgia. This happened a couple years ago. Um, I used to always tell people, I tell my children, don't sign up to be an organ donor. Don't do that. If you want to give your organs, you put it in your will. And you say, my organs can go to my family or my organs can go blah, 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 blah. So that when you die, you can give them away. I'm not hating on anybody who gets um, organ transplants. I know that they're needed sometimes. But there is data and stories of doctors being paid off to not save you and funeral homes taking organs out and things like that. And I used to say it for years, and people are like, oh, that's not true. Well, let's fast forward to recently. So Kendrick Johnson was a young high school student in Georgia, and he was found rolled up in a gym mat and he was dead with no shoes on. They said that he killed himself. Who can kill yourself themselves and roll themselves up in a gym mat? I don't know, right? So that was the first part. His parents were heartbroken. They were like, somebody had to have killed him. The coroner 
um, did some research and found out that one, under his jaw on one side there was bleeding on the other side there wasn't bleeding so they know that there was some kind of blunt force trauma but that came after months and months and months of the cops not really wanting to investigate not wanting to put it on the news like Mimi was talking about so this is where it gets crazy his family has his body exhumed to research more stuff and when they go, go inside of him his brain was gone, his organs, his lungs, his kidneys, everything was gone, and it was stuffed with Black Friday newspapers. That is a true story. Please look it up. True story. And I wish I could tell you, because it makes me, it just hurts my heart, I wish I could tell you that that was a really fluke case, but they find black bodies on a regular basis that have organs missing. They just don't talk about it on the news. Really, really, really do your research and look it up. So I believe a lot of these children that are taken are either sold into sex slavery or they're used for their organs. Another case that you can look up is a little Somalian girl was adopted because um, something that goes on is American families, um, particularly white families, not saying all white people do this, but you know, just some of them have been known to adopt African children in order for them to grow so they can take their, their organs if they need them for later. Um, it's sick, you know what I'm saying? That's like really sick that that's going on and it needs to be stopped because people are always gonna, evil people are gonna do what they can do if they're not, if it's not, a light's not being shed They're always gonna it. figure out a way to work the system. Yeah. However they can do it. And they, they do this a lot to African children and Asian children because Asian children still have melanin. And if you research the original Asians, you'll get where I'm coming from, right? The more nobody cares what happens to black and brown people. Exactly. So we care. So we're going to shed light on it. Um, but they, there are several cases of people, black people being found without their organs, their brains, their lungs, their hearts, things like that. Um, and it's not a fluke. You know what I'm saying? Who's taking organs for, for, for no reason? Like, that's crazy. So this is something that we need to definitely touch on. Now, I wanted Soraya to be here because, you know, you can see her. She's a beautiful girl. Um, so as a mother, I worry all the time, like, okay, have I prepared my children? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be on it. I'm, I try to educate my kids as much as possible. I try to tell them what to look out for um, in worldly things um, what to look out for especially with her with sex trafficking things like that I personally know of two times that she's been approached where we think it was something to do with sex trafficking she's saying there are more so she's going to share her experience I want to tell parents out there that you need to really talk to your children because it's not always some guy pulls up in a cargo van and grabs the girls or boys the boys are really really a hot commodity in Mexico the Americans go down here to get them in Mexico, but let's, let, we talk about that later. Um, it's not that they just come and they grab them and put them in a van, you know. That happens, of course. But a lot of times, if you talk to people who used to be in the sex trade, who are now advocates trying to help them, they'll tell you they have what's called shopping season. And shopping season, they'll go to college campuses, they'll go to churches, they'll go to churches for weeks and watch who goes up to the altar on a regular basis. And if that person is going up to the altar on a regular basis, okay, they got something going on in their life. Something's going on. So then they then, then they then they go to them, and of course, we know, they run game. 
and a, a young naive girl doesn't know. She's like, oh my god, he's so great, he's special. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, she's in the prostitution. She's sold off. She can't speak to her family. She's in California somewhere. She's moving coast to coast, right? Um, or they'll go to college campuses and say, hey, do you want to come to church? We have a local church. Sure. Well, the church is going to have their van come pick you up on Sunday. And the girl will get in the van, and she's never seen from again. So you got to really be vigilant and make sure you tell your children to trust their gut. I believe the in female intuition is like... And they're never too young for you to to talk start. about, because I know, like with my daughter, I'm always talking about, you know, you know, she's 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 ten, she's she believes people are good, and people are good, but people are also bad, and I like to explain to her that people do, like I'm blunt with her, I tell her people do horrible things to children. Mm -hmm. I was like, and you always, you know, don't go anywhere alone. Always be aware of what's around you always know where an exit is and these are things that it's kind of crazy to me because when I was a kid nobody told me these things but I'm telling my daughter these things like mm -hmm. you need to be aware so you can you know if somebody's making you uncomfortable don't ignore it like you know tell me tell somebody that you trust like they make me uncomfortable or I don't know but mm -hmm. I keep seeing this person pop up mm -hmm. and blah 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 you know, it's okay to talk about these things. Would you like Marley to come upstairs and listen to this part? Uh, she probably isn't going to want no? to. Okay. I didn't know if you wanted to know what else. Okay, so as far as looking at your surroundings, I'm going to share another story. I've, I've, I've had a lot going on in my life, and these are all true. They can be verified. So, before Soraya speaks, I'm going to talk about paying attention to what's going on. So, when I was a little girl, I was in fifth grade, and... Um, I live in an apartment complex in Woodbridge, and it's called Virginia Commons. And, you know, back in the day, you had to be inside before the streetlights came on. Or if you were living in an apartment complex, you could be in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like chilling in the hallway. So I used to always hang around um, dudes. And these guys I grew up with, we were all in the apartment complex. It was a Sunday night, I believe, right before school. And for... About a week and a half prior to that, we would be at the bus stop, and there was always this man staring at this bus stop. He was, like, random. I was like, where's he there for? But at the bus stop, different parents was there, so he never approached. You know, it is what it was. Didn't think anything of it, but I was like, that's weird. Like, I always, you know, I try to pay attention to what's going on. Like, that's weird. That, that man keeps being there. There's no kids. He don't have no kids, whatever. So, we were all hanging out. I think we were, like trying to do the kid and play dance from the house party or something. And I had a, um, there was a girl, she was younger than me, but she was my friend. And she lived in the building to the left of me. And it was getting dark outside. The street lights had already come out, come on. I was made, I, I knew that I couldn't come out of my building. I was like sitting in the building, chilling and talking, get ready for whatever's going on school tomorrow. And I saw her and her little brother come out of their building with trash. She couldn't have been older than eight. He was probably like six. She could have been older than eight. And I remember thinking, why are they going to put trash out this late at night? Like, my mom would never send me to do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. But everybody's different, you know. So she walks away. Her and her brother walk away. We're just, we're talking or whatever. And then all of a sudden, her brother comes running towards back down towards the building, he's screaming, somebody took my sister, somebody took my sister, somebody took my sister. So she was kidnapped <clears throat> that night. 
and it was like a whirlwind. There was police officers, there was news cameras, everything. Um, I was kind of in shock because I knew her and it was just weird. I was a kid, you know, and I went to school the next day. I came home and there was media everywhere. Like I remember there being like local news reporters and I'm thinking, oh no, did they find her? Like what's going on? And I started listening to what the reporters were saying and it wasn't even, they were like, oh, so little girl gets taken, but she was dropped back off and like it was nothing. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Like something happened to her. Like she got dropped back off, but so the girl came back the next day. So what ended up happening was the guy who was at our bus stop ended up being a friend of her father. Many people thought her father had something to do with it. I don't know, but he ended up being a friend of her father. He was the one who kidnapped her. He took her to my future high school, which is Potomac High School. He raped and sodomized her. I'm gonna say that again, raped and sodomized like an eight-year-old girl and then brought her back. That's how easy things can happen. You have to be really vigilant and look after your children. And because of that and other situations that happened when I was younger, and that really traumatized me. Like, I'm not even gonna go into full detail because I don't wanna cry, but that, that situation really, that was big. Because a month before that, a man was on our balcony and my sister started screaming because she saw a man on our balcony. Now, we didn't even live on the bottom floor, but I don't even know how he got up there. So it could have been us, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it just taught me at a very young age to be very vigilant. Look around your surroundings. If you feel something, if something's weird, whatever, whatever, say something to somebody. And I just wish that we could have spoke up at that age and said, who is this random guy sitting here? You know, I've often wanted to go back and research it and see if he ever got convicted because it was... It was the first time I realized that a lot of times people are numb because it was like a huge story for like two days. And then everybody in the neighborhood act like a little girl didn't just get taken and raped. It was just so crazy. So um, those are the things that made me very passionate about this subject. And my children growing up thought I was so strict, so strict, and I don't want them to do this. I was I strict? Yes, you were. But it's okay. <laughs> but... I'm, I couldn't even go to Golden Skate World. and if You, you did go to Golden Skate World. Twice. But if you're from the Berg, Golden Skate World was popping on Friday nights. Every Friday night, $10 get you in the... You did go to Golden Skate World. Okay, so I had no problem with them. And she was them. there one time. <laughs> I had no problem with them going anywhere. They didn't want to tell me who was going to be there. How was I supposed to know? Everybody's at Golden Skate I never World. said that about Golden Skate World. No, you, you went to Golden Skate World more than twice. I went twice. I on... On everything that I remember, I went twice. Because it probably fell off by the time you started No, going because you wouldn't let me go there because everybody who went there was, like, kissing and everything like that, and it was just a bunch of kids messing around. And that's why y'all didn't let me go there, and I wanted to meet all these new people. Instead, I was at Battlefield Elementary School, <laughs> Battlefield Middle School. We hanging out with the same people. Everybody was talking about, oh, this is such and such from such and such middle school. And I was like, I don't know them. I don't got a phone. I don't go to Golden Skate World. Anyway, so you may have that reaction from your children. Oh, I don't remember that quite like that, but just know I had reason. Absolutely. Just know, <laughs> just know I had reason. So, Mimi, before we move on to Soraya, do you have any experiences that you've had with yourself or your daughter 
involving possible kidnappings, uh, prostitution, anybody that you know who has kind of fallen victim to that lifestyle. Um, sometimes there's even girls who just have a really bad home life and then they end up on drugs and then they end up in that lifestyle. I mean, so I don't personally know anybody that's, you know, been like abducted or anything like that. Um, I've always been vigilant just because I have lots of friends in my past who were molested or raped. Mm -hmm. And so that's always just been in my forefront. So with human trafficking, like growing so much, I'm already on it. And that's why, that's why I'm always having these conversations with my daughter. Um, not necessarily human trafficking. I had a very uncomfortable situation with my daughter occur um, when we used to live in another state. And I kind of made a big deal about that. I, um, so my daughter was three. Mm -hmm. Now you gotta understand my daughter is, um, she's kind of tall for her age. So she's three, so she probably looks like she's six. She's very articulate. She's been articulate. I, I swear she's been talking since she was like 15 months. But like, <laughs> I mean, she's three. She's talking in full sentences. She's extremely articulate. She's Soraya and Winnie me. I swear they, they're so much alike. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I just remember, you know, we were living and there was some friends of the family. Had a little girl, you know, the same age as Marley. And, but her father always paid way too much attention to my daughter. Pay attention to that. Way too much. Yeah. And like I was noticing like why are you we'd all be outside, you know, like barbecuing and stuff like that and you know, there would be kids running around, there's other adults and but it's like why are you taking my daughter under your arm and walking over here? Yeah. It was always stuff like that. It was like you're always talking to my daughter. My daughter is 3. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for you to talk to her. Like nobody is talking to all I mean, yes, we're all watching our kids and stuff, but nobody's having in-depth conversations with the kids. Yeah. But you always want to talk to my daughter. Yeah. And, oh, your daughter's so pretty, and and always talking about my daughter. And, oh, and, you know, and his daughter was three. Same age. Oh, you know, if, if she wants to come spend the night, you know, da-da-da-da, all this stuff. And, like, I mean, I told her dad at the time, I was like, she's never allowed to go over there. Mm -hmm. I don't even care if you're there. You just feel uncomfortable. I don't, and I told him this. Trust your gut. I and I brought these concerns to him. I explained. I said it just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like the way he always talks to her, and I feel like he always gives her too much attention. You know, I mean, I like kids, but I'm mm -hmm. not doing what you're doing. You you like kids, but mm -hmm. you're not doing what he's doing. And so then he started watching, and he started noticing, mm -hmm. noticing, and then like he actually, you know, called him out on it, and it was kind of an issue. But it was just like, oh, oh, well, yeah, like it was like, you know, he brought it then. So her dad ended up bringing it to his attention. I mean, we, our families ended up kind of separating and not dealing with each other anymore. But I mean, I wasn't, I didn't, that's why I didn't say anything initially because I was like, maybe I'm just paranoid. Mm -hmm. But then after her dad started noticing, it kind of validated my opinion. And so... I mean, I just feel, I feel awful. Like if I would have just ignored it and been like, oh yeah, go ahead, go spend the night. Like, would I be on this show now saying how my daughter was molested? No, nope, she was be telling a different story. You know, so it's just, I totally, totally agree with you. And I respect you for doing that because it's hard because people will think you're crazy. Yeah. I have been told. I, I was, will be crazy. I don't yep. 
I, all my children's life, they, they might not even know this. This might be my, my daughter's first time of hearing this. If we ever had people over the house and somebody went inside the house and we were out back and my kids were in the house, oh, I was following them in the house. And I was told that it was too much. But in my opinion, everyone is a pedophile until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it can happen like that. I am like Mimi. I love kids. Great. They're fun. They're great. I, I love your kids. They're great. You know, we all, whatever. But I'm not taking I don't understand off. why, as an adult, you got all these adults around. You're a man or a woman, but they, you got to watch mm-hmm. it for them now, too. You got all these dudes and women, fine people you could be mingling with. But you want to wrestle with kids that aren't even your kids or anybody in your family, and you always want to focus on children, that's a red flag for me. And I'm definitely hovering over you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that parents should do that because there is way too many children that are falling victim to molestation. Now, of course, sometimes you cannot prevent it. Things happen and you can do you know, everything that you can possibly do and, and your child could still fall victim to that. Because a lot of times it's family members. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't think that family members are gonna do it. And then you'll just have to kill them later. <laughs> oh my. I said it. <laughs> um, well, that's what I'm saying. You, you do know, the best that you can. You do can. the best you can, but there's so many parents that are so concerned with hanging out and partying and everything like that, they don't really think about random people going in and out of the house around their children. <laughs> I grew up um, in a situation, I grew up in, in the 80s, okay? Well, so that's exactly why, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly why I said Marley wasn't allowed to go over there, you know, unless if I was there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, first of all, her dad and him, they were friends, so you know they'd be drinking and shooting. And you're not on point when you're. Stuff. And so, yeah. And so my thing was, and that's what I told her dad. I was like, "Who's to say that you don't get drunk?" And he's like, "You know, hey, I'm gonna dip off for a second. I'm gonna go talk to blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Okay, I'm just chilling, waiting for him to come back." And so, and it can happen that's that quickly. Like, so I, I was on it, and I will always be on it. So we're just saying that to tell all the parents out there, like, don't feel bad. People are going to say, oh, you're tripping. You're this and you're that. Don't do that. One time I told my ex, I don't want, you know, people alone with my children. He was like, you know, he didn't, he didn't grow up with these experiences. So you, you only know what you know. Right. And I knew that that's why he was thinking like, oh, everybody's great. And I said, nah, man, these people could be pedophiles. Oh, he's not. No, my friends, the people I know from work, they're not blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't want nobody going in the house for my children. I'm, I'm going in there every time. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. And we kind of had a little beef about that. And then about three weeks later, I found out a guy who came over our house was a convicted pedophile. You would have never thought of it. I found, I, only reason I found out is because the guy who was his friend from work was dating a girl I worked with in, in like a hair salon. And someone told me, the person who told me was messy, so I was like, whatever. I went and, you know, you know me. Research. I went and researched it, and biggest day, his picture. So once I told my ex that, from that point on, he didn't question me. He was like, oh, man. Like, it was shock. And I get it, because he didn't have those experiences growing up. I had a lot of experiences that let me know how quickly and how close it could be. Um, so I'm just, so we're just telling all you parents out there, like, it can start with, with family members. It can start with family friend could be connected to the sex industry or the slave trade industry and they could befriend you and be looking at your child and then all of a sudden they take them to get ice cream and they never come back trust your gut i believe in intuition your gut will tell you 99.5 time energy is real 
keep yourself on a certain vibration so when energy is off, you feel it. And then you can watch and be vigilant for your children. So, Soraya. So. Talk about your experience as a young woman with all like, this. You want me to like, give a specific occurrence or just talk about my idea about it? Well, the, one, the first occurrence I remember was that time that you and... Uh, your brother, yeah, we're out I front. Saying, I think you should talk about a specific experience and then talk about your ideas. Yes. Okay. So I remember the time we were in front of the house. That was probably the scariest. Time okay, so talk about that us. time. Because okay. I, no, I don't. This know was at my house. house. I would love to know. So we were. It was me, my little brother, and his friend were all outside out front, and my little brother and his friend were in the yard. I was like by the basketball hoop, by the, by the road, obviously. And I had a cup of fruit in my hand because I love fruit, you know? So this white car comes down the street, and it was, like, real nice, like a real nice white car. So I was like, okay, like, maybe he needs directions because I've been asked for directions before. So he comes on the street, he slows down. How old were you? Uh, what, what grade maybe, was Maybe, like, I was in like, 13, 12? No, I was older than that. 14? I was probably 14. 14? 14. Yeah, 14. I think it was 14. Um, but anyways, so he came down the street, and his windows were all tinted black, whatever, whatever. So I was like, okay, he's going to ask me for some directions. He rolls down the window, and he's like, what do you have in your hand there? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm just like, like, what? Like, you know, caught off guard. And then he asked how old I was. And then he asked if I was 18. And I told y'all I didn't say anything back to him. But I told him no. I don't know why I told y'all I didn't say anything back but to him. Your gut, but your gut. But your no. gut was doing what? Telling me to watch out for yeah. Jeremiah and get in the hat. Her gut was already telling her something's not so, right. So, so as, as I was telling him no, I was like, okay, this is weird. Like he's like literally right in front of me. You know what I mean? So, dude's just sitting there staring at me, and I turn to Jeremiah and I'm like, get in the house. And Jeremiah's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> get in the house. And he freezes. So I run. I pick him up, and I leave his friend. Sorry, but <laughs> I leave his friend, and I run. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> what was his name? Franco. Franco. Oh, poor Franco. Oh, poor Franco. <laughs> I run into the house, and my dad is in the backyard with, like, all his friends. So I tell him. I could tell y'all what he did, but. Oh, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it, because it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so he hops in the, in the, what was it? He hopped in the truck. No, he wasn't. They call the me. Wait, hold on. He he hopped in his his friend's car, and then his other friend was on a motorcycle, and they went on a high speed chase. I didn't tell them no details though. I just told them without it was a white asking car. any details about who they the guy really looked like. They didn't ask any details about who the guy looked like. I just said it was a white car, and I was like crying. Obviously, I was like scared because like when I turned around when I was going inside the car, he was still sitting there. Like he was just like chilling. Like it was nothing, and I was like, this is not okay, you know. And around this time, I want to I want to point this out this is in Fredericksburg Virginia I don't know if anybody who's local remembers but this was there was like two years straight that there were all these attempted abductions going on people were getting away people were coming up trying to trying to um, abduct people it just actually happened recently in Stafford too a guy tried to uh, approach young boys this happened for two years straight our neighborhood we were living in was the neighborhood that Sylvia of the Sylvia girls, yeah. That's Sylvia and the, the other girl, Kristen was. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I apologize. I remember but though. That was the neighborhood we were living in. I was in middle school. In. Yeah. Um. So, I had already talked to my children about abductions, but her gut told her, and like, and really think about it. What would, why would a grown man 
who pulls up and uh, let's say he was just trying to flirt and he made a mistake. First of all, she 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 looked like I a kid. Ain't look no, she looked like a kid. But let's say thing. he says something and then she says I'm no, not eighteen. Or <laughs> yeah. Why would you sit there and be staring at somebody? You're about to make a move. You know what I'm saying? You're about to make a move. He probably tried to make a move and he saw oh they have people over. There's a motorcycle there. There's a whole bunch of dudes in the back. Boom. All right. So you. Your dad calls me. I rush home because I'm, I'm ready to kill something. They, he got all his friends with him. They, they don't get no days. details because there, there's no woman around. There's no details. And then what happens? So <laughs> he went, they basically went and they said, it was. A, I said it was a white car. It looked really new and it looked really nice. You know, so they went on a chase to find this white car. So they ride around the neighborhood. And I guess they find somebody in a white car. And... They chase him, and the guy must have been scared of his life. He, he was, was yelling, one. why are you doing this so, to me? So they're chasing him, like, down down the road, like, weaving in and out of traffic, like, on his tail. And he's trying to, like, get away from them because he's like, oh, my gosh, like, what is going on, you know? So they finally like, pull up in the giant, I guess. And the dude just gets out the car, and he's like, why are y'all chasing me? Like, what is going on? And my dad, like, is like, did you just talk, talk to my daughter? This, that, and the third... And I guess the guy said yes. I don't know why. No, so initially they caught up to him at first. And he oh. said, were you just, you know, where our address was on that. He, but he said the neighborhood. Oh. What I think at this point years later is that dude was over there seeing some girl. That he was like trying to mess with. He's like, you just go over there and see a girl? He didn't give no details, nothing. So the dude said, yeah. And then they was on him. And he got scared and ran. And they all ran. And Brandon... Sorry. He's, on, he's on a motorcycle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But. They said they ran red lights and everything. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we don't know what's happening to the limitations. Uh, you know? So, basically, <laughs> they were trying to get the guy, but he was gone. But they, they caught up with somebody, not getting details. They, whatever, whatever. What I learned that night is the police aren't really helped when it comes to that. They didn't have they life. They, didn't, they, didn't, they never followed up. They came by. They took a little report. Nothing. It was annoyed. He was annoyed when he, he sounded, came to the house. Yeah, he, he was annoyed. She was 14 years old. She remembers a police officer being annoyed. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Okay, so your, your other one. What's another one? God, I have so many from this past year. Like, because I started driving, so I have a lot from this past year. Because I'd be, I'd be on the road. But, uh, I have, I have one where people are talking about this couple right now in Fredericksburg. So I kind of want to hit on that one. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they approached me last year. So, um, I was at Five Below uh, in a parking space. I was, like, you know, just chilling on my phone, about to go inside the store. And this green truck, like, pulls up. And he's, like, blocking, like, part of the road. So, like, if I wanted to leave, I couldn't go out that way. I had to go out, like... And, like, it would be, like, harder for me to leave. You know what I mean? So, I was like, okay. So, he rolls down the window... And he's talking about, like, my headlights are dirty or something like that. And I was like, no, thank you. You know, he has a girl in, like, the seat next to him. She looks, like, drugged out. And then he has a little girl in the back. And she didn't look nothing like either of them. So I was like, okay. Mm. So um, so he was like, oh, like, your, your, your freaking, your, your headlights are dirty. Let me clean them for you. I'll do it for free. I'll give you, like, a free trial. In my head, I was like, I ain't gonna clean them for free the first time. I ain't gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just ain't make, it didn't make no sense. And I was like, no, thank you, no, thank you. And then he was like, you look just like my daughter. She's in the back seat. It's her birthday today. And I, I looked at her and I was like, first, she don't look like either of y'all, <laughs> and she don't look like me either. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is not okay. And I was like, okay, like I'm good. You know, like letting him know, like leave me alone. 
Because I had my taser and my pepper spray on me, so I was like, you know, like, keep your kids equipped. If, if something gets to popping, it's going to get to right. popping, you know. And it was daytime. Like, he was bold. But anyway, so so he drives away. I think he drove. I thought he drove away. So I'm sitting there, you know, ready to go inside. And I look in my rear view mirror, and he's parked right behind me. And his door is open. So, you know me, I'm like, get out of the way. Like, I left, but no, I'm pretty sure because there's a couple in Fredericksburg right now trying to go around and have people, like, smell their cleaning supplies. Mm. It might be the same people. It might not. Don't do that, though. Hold on. Smell cleaning supplies? They, they've been, they've approached people? Yeah, that's, like, a big thing right now. Like, they want people to smell their cleaning supplies. Like, if you... It, they, they put stuff on a cloth and like they can like knock you out you oh yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah. i didn't know that okay so i was saying another thing that i heard was in stafford um somebody tried to abduct somebody at the walmart like it's it's all over facebook oh, right at the um walmart off in stafford it's all over facebook right now oh 610 mm-hmm um they tried to get um this lady in the parking lot at walmart into a white van um, so, I mean, it's on, it's on Fredericksburg Wall of Shame. It's like all over the place right now. And see, um, this is going on. This is going on everywhere. That one girl, she just recently escaped mm-hmm. out of, out of the trunk of somebody's car. Like yeah. it's going on. You have to really be vigilant. We're not saying this to scare everybody. We're saying that it's an epidemic going on. We're saying that, that black girls, um, well, and it's are happening. not being talked about. Yeah. yeah it's happening. And, and we are all black women and we want everybody to take, take notice and listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, everyone needs to rise up and talk about this. It is it is scary to think. I mean, I'm a grown woman, and I'm not scared. Like, I'm not a scary person like that. No, but, but I find myself, you know, at night, like, looking around, like, okay. Because, like, if something like that with some smell stuff, what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really be, oh, like you said, aware of your surroundings to not have somebody do something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's I crazy. Well, I mean, and then it's just, you you need to be aware of your surroundings. So if something is off, like if you do go to the grocery store or to Walmart or whatever, and your car's in the parking lot, and then, you know, you come out to your car and it's blocked in or there's Mm -hmm. two big vans, like next to your car, go get somebody. I mean, and they, and stores are even saying, if you feel uncomfortable, come get a, come come back into the store and somebody will walk with you. Like, because, and stores are saying this because they know that it's actually a problem. And yes, it might they might be saying it because it's white women that are going missing mm-hmm. as well. But it is a problem. And even though you're black, you can still go and ask the manager, mm-hmm. store manager, to come with you to their car. And they usually are accommodating. Most people yeah. at grocery stores, they they only want to be in there. They're like, yeah, I'll go yeah. out there. With you. You, know <laughs> you look cute, girl. What's your number? You know what I'm saying? Um, another thing, like Soraya said. I, I try to, during Christmas time, to buy females in the family, tasers, things like that. Please, please equip your children and young people in your family, tasers, pepper spray. Um, if you're of age, get your concealed carry permit. You know what I'm saying? Learn how to shoot a gun, that kind of stuff. Because we you have to be your own protector. You need to protect yourself. Especially if you don't have a man in the house. Like, women, you need to... Um, Know how to do something. You know what I'm saying? Watch Kill Bill. Try to do some knife skills. I don't know. But try to try to definitely protect yourself. And if, if you ever are put in a situation where you are being taken against your will by anybody, you need to know that your chances of survival 
decrease if they take you from the spot you're at. So you need to fight like hell. You know what I'm saying? Like fight, fight, fight. If a person is grabbing you and they have you over their shoulder, you bite their neck into your teeth meat. You worry about AIDS and all that shit later because usually your body will reject it because it's like called violent DNA. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. But definitely, definitely fight them right then and there. And most people, because everybody plays around, they're not going to listen to you scream. So scream fire. Scream something that's going to affect everyone in that vicinity where they'll look. Scream fire first and then start screaming, help me, this person's trying to take me. But you definitely need to fight back. If you get taken and you're put into a trunk of a car, a lot of trunks have like the latch in them now or things like that. Get a get a um, keychain, pop the headlights out. Get a get a keychain joint to to be able to have light in the trunk. You know wherever. Keep fighting. If they take you to a to a place, I don't care where it is. You fight, 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 and you don't fight fair. This ain't no fight in like a high school. Like you pull stuff, you use stuff, whatever, because. Playing nice, what we've seen through history, does not make the victim come back. It's the people who really... The, the, the guy who took... Um, who killed the List sisters and the, uh, the other girl, Sylvia, in our neighborhood, he was caught because he, he kidnapped another girl. I think she was in North Carolina or somewhere down south. And she fought like hell. She fought. She got away. And she's like a, she's a huge advocate now, but the history shows us that the people who really don't give up fighting are the ones who survive. So I want everybody to survive. It's an epidemic. Um, we're really um, we're in, we're in dire straits in many areas in the black community, and the and the black community is directly um, connected to the hip hop community. So I wish hip hop would speak out about it more. Hopefully that'll be something that's coming, but. Um, it's an epidemic. I want y'all to research. Make sure uh, Ranisha Rudd, definitely research her case. Um, Kendrick Johnson, research that case, please, and the organ trade in general. And also research Henrietta Lacks so you can understand um, why you're celebrated and hated. And Soraya, yes. before we close out, as a young female, because you've shared some experiences. Oh, hold on. What about the people who approached you about the job interview? Oh, okay. So, Shari. This is another one. So, I work at a restaurant in Fredericksburg, and um, this woman comes in. She orders her food or whatever, you know. It's, like, way late at night. Like, I'm trying to go home, you know. So, all my friends are there. We're all just chilling, you know, goofing around at the host stand. And um, she comes back in to get her meal, but, like, at this point, like, she looks real, like, off something, you know. She... She just didn't look right, you know what I'm saying? Um, she was in scrubs, and then she comes up to the host stand, and she's like, how old did you guys have to be to, like, hold these positions? And we were, like, telling her, because, like, you know, maybe she wanted a job, maybe she wanted to change her job. And then she was like, oh, well, I work at this, um, like, medical, I don't even know what it was called, up the street. This is how much money I made today. And she showed us, like, all her cash. It was, like, $100 bills, like. Trying to entice her. Girl made a lot of money. That's, Anyways, it was a lot of money. She's in scrubs. She's not going to have $100. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. But so think about how many like, young girls yeah. will fall for it. She was you like, know? you get paid every day in cash. This much money. You don't even need to have a degree. Oh you guys can God. start working right now. Isn't that crazy? And That's she, just happened last she year. wrote down the phone number to this place to call. And she was like, 
you guys can get an interview tomorrow. Like, like they're on, they're on it. We're trying to hire people right now. Call this number and get an interview mm-hmm. tomorrow. And my friends were all like, oh, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't pay minimum wage here. We got to go over to this. <laughs> I said, girls. <laughs> if it, my mom always says this. If it don't make sense, there's a lie somewhere. Yeah. Like, it don't make no sense. Why are y'all trying to? But yeah, that was that was one. That's crazy. Cause so no, how does that's... that make you feel, like as a young adult? Like how does that like? Do you feel worried? Do you feel empowered? Because I have tried to like instill in you what to do. Do you feel like the only person who's woke amongst your friends? Do you feel like other parents are telling their children? Do you feel like how? how what's your thoughts on that? I just feel like I always have to stay on my pivot, you know, like, Mm -hmm. even if I'm at college and I meet new friends and they're like, oh, like, come over to my apartment or something like that, like, I'm gonna bring my taser, because I don't know you like that, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? And it's gonna be charged, son. Like, for real, because you really, you honestly don't know how people are, like, you you don't know what they're about, whether it be, like, sex trafficking or, like, somebody trying to take advantage of you or this and the third, like, you always want to be aware of what's going on, you... You, you want to make sure that you know what situation you're in. So I feel like that. But I also feel like I'm real smart and vigilant. So I'll be peeping a lot of stuff. And I know how to, like, get myself out of situations without, like, being too scared. Like, I know, like, when I was, like, okay, I need to be on go right now. You know, like. I totally understand because so. that's literally how I am. Yeah. So and teach your children how to move in a room full of vultures. Definitely. Mode. Um. I just want to say I'm very proud of you, my daughter. I'm very proud that she has listened to all the things that I've said, even though I get on her nerves. I'm very proud to have a friend who thinks the same way I do because I can't tell you how many other friends I have. But, oh, girl, you're just, that's too much. That's, but, you don't, but you don't think anything, you think everything's sweet until you have an experience, right? Um, or you have friends who have experiences or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm just really proud of the panel that we had here today. Can I cut you off real quick? Uh-huh. So if they give you numbers to call or if you see some ad on the side of the street that has, makes like, you can make this much money in, the, in a week with, you know, no little experience. education. Don't call the numbers. No. They can track your phone. Like, yeah. Okay, Don't even do it. Don't even do it. They, a lot of the recruiting goes on Craigslist too. I don't know if they've, cut down on that though because they took out like the little ad thing so they may have cut down on it but um it 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 goes so deep like even facebook like just this week this girl who was in a couple of groups i was in and she had mutual friends she requested me as a friend i usually don't add people i really don't know but i was like okay she's mutual friends with a rack of people i'm friends with and she has some real cute fishnets on so I, i wrote her and i said I'm just to let you know, I usually don't add people, but you got some real cute fishnets, so I'm going to add you. I add her. Boom. Don't think anything of it. She never writes me back, but I don't think anything of it. The other day, I'm at work, <laughs> and I get a video call from her on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that must have been a mistake. I didn't answer it. So then she starts blowing it up, blowing it up. And I'm telling my client, my client's like, no, answer it. So me and my client are in the camera like this. Ain't no black girl with no fa- fa- uh, fashion makeup on at all. That's what she looked like in her profile pic. It is a guy in another country somewhere, and he's just going, and then he takes the camera and shows his, he has friends in the room. 
And I was like, what do you want? What, what's that? What's that? You know, he's like, Ugh. so he obviously doesn't speak English. So he's catfished me. Okay, no harm, no foul. But I posted about it. But when I posted about it, all of my friends start saying he contacted them and he started sending them porn and all kinds of stuff. So that could have been an open door to someone who's in that industry or somebody who would like maybe say, oh, you're really beautiful. I didn't get to know you. And a young, naive girl started talking to her. Next thing you know, you out in Dubai or Israel or Spain or somewhere else, you far away from your family and you're being drugged up by somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, so just be vigilant out there. We definitely just want to bring light to that. Like I said, hopefully next season, um, I'm working on some things. I have a couple of people that can really provide insight. I just got to speak to them and see if they're comfortable um, being on the podcast discussing these things, but they are directly affected. And I want to go really deep into this because um, it's a really important subject. But thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. All right. This is the end of the Dope Dichotomy Black Girl <laughs> Loss episode. Thank you.